to the bench. Still lose Capone. Campana is back. We're back in the playoffs and life is good. How are you doing, Chris? Well, I'm doing better because we definitely got saved by the bell for sure. Not only with Campana, but with uh, Higuain. Thank God Higuain stayed in the game. Oh, well, they were thinking about taking him out too, but I guess we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Now, before we start talking a little sports, I heard that you picked up a little something-something over at Publix. Just a little something, something. I'm, I'll describe it as I as I uh, go ahead and 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 show it off. So here we are, cracking open a nice okay. uh, a nice fancy beer, as I like to call it. So I I picked this up in in the Publix. It's La Tropical. All right, it's a fancy beer. And let me tell you something. I'm not a big fan of beers in particular because I feel like it fills you up a lot. But and especially these fancy beers, these Winwood beers. But I gotta give them credit. This stuff, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's really good. I'm not, I'm not much of a drinker, but I think I'm gonna have to try one of those just to support the the cause. Yeah. No. Now speaking of causes and stuff, I guess we'll get we're gonna address. I guess the the story of the day. Unfortunately, uh, before we get into the good stuff, uh, the the racism, right? The the topic with the taxi Fontas and Damian Lowe and Mabika and uh, everything that transpired yesterday. Now, obviously, up until now, it's all allegations, right? Nothing's been proven. MLS said they're going to get into investigations. And Taxi has come out and denied everything. And I have his, his post on uh, social media. I guess I could read it since not everybody's watching on YouTube. Uh, this is what he had to say on his social media. He said, I did not use the word I am being accused of using. That despicable racial slur is one I denounce and I do not use. We had a hot discussion on the field, but I have not racially abused anyone. I firmly reject racism in any form. It is despicable. I have many friends from many cultures. I always respect the culture, religion, and skin color of each person. I am therefore very upset by this accusation and saddened to be falsely accused. To that, you have to say what, Chris? You know, it's 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 quite a shame. You know what's what happened, what transpired in the in, in the game. You know, especially for such a multicultural, you know, sport. I mean, we're talking about worldwide, all skins, all races, all nationalities, and um, and it's just a shame. You know, we're we're in twenty twenty two, and it's like Yedlin said in the post game interview. You know, to, to be in 2022 and, and to have to hear those kind of things, it's it's a little bit aggravating. It's a little disappointing, you know, especially since, you know, soccer's, you know, really pushing this hashtag say no to racism, which I, I, I completely agree for. I mean, I, I think that there needs to be some eyes, some awareness. Now, no, go ahead. 
And no, one of the things I wanted to mention, which was very interesting, I was looking into this too. You know, Drake Callender, who's you know our goalie, and and he plays very closely with Low. Uh, you know, he he he's behind the Black Players for Change. It's a nonprofit organization, and he's really passionate about something like that. And I um, I would have loved to hear his point of view in that situation, especially for someone that's that's really pushing for this you know, for this kind of behavior to not exist in, in soccer. So, you know, that's one thing I wanted I, to mention in case, uh, you know, you viewers and listeners aren't aren't aware of. Well, I, I wasn't aware of that, and I, I would have been very interested in hear, to hear what he had to say. Now, I look yes. at this from two aspects. One, obviously no room for racism on the pitch or anywhere in, in any form of yeah. life. But I also want to be fair as this was an, a strictly an allegation, right? There's yeah. no proof as of right now. And if hypothetically he didn't say it, that also sucks because right now he is being dragged through the mud. Now, to be clear, I more believe what Lowe said than what Taxi's saying strictly because Wayne Rooney was so quick to take him out. Yeah, that's that's where you uh can go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel like there has to have been something. That that made Wayne Rooney say, you know what? This is more than just. I, I kind of believe what's going on. Maybe he knows the player's personality. Maybe he has issues within the same locker room with his teammates. I haven't. I before we started uh, recording just now, I got online and I was looking to see if I could find any comments from his teammates, and I wasn't able to find any. And I feel like if I have a teammate that was accused of saying a racial slur that offended me. As a Hispanic male, for example, of course, I would come out and I would defend him. Like that's not him. That's not his personality. He wouldn't do that. There must have been a misunderstanding. But because nobody's come out to his defense, I'm having a hard time believing what he's saying, what he's selling. But again, it's going to be something that's really hard to prove. So I'm not really sure what MLS is going to plan on doing with this. Well, you know the 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 one interesting thing that 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 I noticed as far as you know what what's going on is you know with the alleg I mean look it, allegedly you know he did say you know something that was that was very out of line you know one of the it's like what Phil Neville said one of the worst words that can ever be used you know in, in that sort of case but again it's like you said that we're all working with what what words are being Got some, they, technical, got some technical difficulties on Chris's part, but I, I think what he's basically think I to say, the game. I thought that he, yeah, I, I okay, I, you're back. I, I think you that lost he, you for a second. Yeah, I think that he, I think that the referee John Freeman handled it incredibly well. Um, you know, especially being in a situation where I mean, who knows how close the referee was to the entire situation? You know, maybe he did overhear something because he spent some time talking to both uh taxi and 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 to lol so you know i'm pretty sure that he did pick up on something and he had quite a lengthy conversation not only with both players but with both coaches and um I, it's like you said the, there's weight in it especially considering how how wayne rooney reacted and pulled him from the game i mean i wish he would have been pulled from the game immediately after the yellow card but a couple well, minutes i thought passed. he was i thought it, it, are you sure? I thought he would. I, I didn't think he, he went back and played. I have to go back and watch it. Maybe he did play a couple more minutes, but I thought he got pulled immediately. Now, 
one thing is that I did notice that DeAndre Yedlin said that they were having conversations within, you know, Inter Miami teammates saying that if something wasn't done, that they were considering not yeah. playing the rest of, of the course. game. Yeah. So that also, because I feel like actions speak a lot of the words sometimes. And I feel like if somebody feels that strongly about yeah. something, they, they must have heard something. So yes. I, I don't know. I don't know how Taxi is going to defend this or prove his innocence because all signs prove are, are pointing to maybe he is guilty. And I'm really interested as to how MLS deals with this situation. Now, we've had other situations like this in other countries. I remember Marcelo, a player from Real Madrid, he had bananas thrown onto the field when he was going to take a, a corner kick once. Now, it's yeah, brutal. Now, there's, there's been instances where they, they force teams to play empty home games, like the games after when they do that, right? Of course. To yeah. like punish the fans. So, obviously, this wasn't a fan. This was a player. So, I'm assuming some type of suspension is coming up. But um, again, I'm, I'm interested to see how they deal with this. Yeah, but, I mean, for sure. We're, we're Hopefully, MLS can be able to nip it in the bud and handle it to the best of their abilities. I'm assuming that they're doing their research. They're doing their due diligence to get to the bottom of the story, speaking to witnesses. I'm assuming to players on the field, try to figure out exactly what's happening. But, I mean, you, you know. If I was if I was an investigator, the first people I'd go to are his teammates. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've, especially, like, I don't know, his African-American teammates. I feel and like then, they would they wouldn't I, I can't imagine that if they know that he did that that they would like cover for support him. something like that right like I, I don't think that they would cover for him I think that they would be honest about that whole situation and I, I those would be the first people I go up to and ask yeah I think that would be the right way to go and I, I mean look I, I imagine that they're doing their due diligence they're doing enough you know work uh behind the scenes to to carry out the right punishment I mean you know, if we're talking about right punishment, you know, for 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 the future, there's something big has to happen in the sense of, you know, there just has to be more awareness. That's all. Well, moving on to, uh, I guess, a less serious topic, uh, a, f- a funner just, topic. Right. But definitely because we got the dub. Uh, let's go over the game from uh, yesterday. We were playing against dc the worst team we said we had to beat them and i mean it wasn't the most convincing of victories we got the dub but let's get started from the beginning what was the starting 11 looking like chris well the starting 11 was looking actually beautiful as hell it was yes my yes you sent me a message you were very excited oh my god it's the it's the best starting lineup in my opinion all season all season it's literally to me the best starting lineup. I mean, we got uh you got calendar, of course, in goal. You got the four defenders, you got McVeigh out in the left, uh, you got Mabika, you, you got Mabika, you got Lowe, you got Yedlin on the right, you got your two midfielders with Mo, Mota and Gregory, which I guess they're playing they were set up holding in, in the graphic, holding midfield, and then you got Pozuelo, Iguain in the middle, and then you got Duke on the right with Campana leading the front. And to me, I mean, we were asking for this in the last podcast. We wanted Campana and Iguain to get on the field together. We wanted Duke to start. We got all that. I mean, it, it was it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I, I can't complain not one bit about this starting uh, starting eleven. Uh, I would have rather have Sailor out there than Mabika. But but outside of that, I, I agree. Unfortunately, Robert Taylor, because somebody has to sacrifice. Right. Yes. Once Campana comes back, somebody has to come out. And unfortunately, it was Robert Taylor. But I agree with you. They had the most skilled players all playing together. Yes, it, it reminded me of that the first 
was it 20 minutes in San Jose yeah. before Campana came out where they were just they looked like they were gonna be an amazing uh, amazing uh 11 coming forward and then Campana got injured and this kind of went to hell after that but yeah it, it, it's it's looking good I like the I like the combination well and it's and it's something that that Phil Neville brought up he tried a different strategy he tried uh, a different tactic, especially knowing that he's going to bring Campana and Campana and Iguain. And it's funny because earlier interviews in the week, he sort of threw out there like, oh, Campana's not really going to be able to make it. We don't know if he's going to play. And all of a sudden, he just bang, hits us with the starting Campana, which is amazing. He didn't play out, you know, throughout the whole game. And he mentioned that, unfortunately, and I guess fortunately, because of how well Campana and Iguain are playing, the wingers, they're just going to have to kind of take a back seat at this point and uh, alternate amongst themselves. Well, I felt like for the first half or even a little more than of the year, I mean, like you said, we just used our pace. You've said it all, all the time. It's just running up the wings and trying to work it into the middle with crosses or whatnot. Yes. And I feel like the tactic has changed so drastically since Pozuelo came on. Now yeah. with Pozuelo, you have more skill in the middle. And now we can build up plays instead of just bucking it with Emerson and, and yeah. Lasseter up the, up the wings. So I feel like this game, we really weren't playing on the wings. You saw Higuain kind of spreading out to the wing a lot. You saw Yedlin making those yeah. runs. He was kind of playing the, the winger up top because we're working it up the middle now. We have Bryce Duke. We have Pozuelo, Mota, Gregory. They could all work it up and yeah. find Campana and Higuain up, up top. I, I really enjoyed watching them. Work not so much in the first half because the first half was a little messy. Yeah, it but, was. Uh, but I I do like love the Campana Iguain connection up top, and you could tell that Neville came into this game knowing that he needed three points. Yeah. He wasn't oh, going to yeah. play around. Now I I was very surprised that Campana got the start because coming back from an injury, I really thought he would only play thirty to forty minutes. Maybe I was really surprised that he had him starting. Well, I mean, I, and I mean, it's, I guess it's a surprise. I mean, it's a beautiful surprise that he had him starting. I mean, we're talking about finally being able to get our two. Uh, it's like what he mentioned in the, in the, in the post game, getting all the goals on the field. You know, you're talking about getting the players that have the most goals on the field and that's what he did. And, you know, he went for it all. I mean, this kind of win also, it was just, it was very tough even though it was against the worst team in the history of the planet. Um, <laughs> but but um, it was a very tough win. It was a very tough win. And the first half was 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 a, a, a good, entertaining half. What it was? It was a 1-1 by, by the first half, right? Yeah, but I, I thought Miami lucked out to be 1-1 at the end of the half because I felt like D.C. was the one that was playing like they had the playoffs on the line for them. Because they were attacking, they were aggressive, and I felt like Miami couldn't build up anything. And and it was really frustrating to watch at first. I, I thought that although we didn't have a lot of chances, we had quality chances, I guess you could say, when they did have an opportunity. But I felt like DC really held control of most of that first half. And I was glad that we got that ugly first goal. Because, look, I'll put it up right now. That first goal wasn't the, the prettiest of of uh of golds the way that yeah it, it was like a broken corner kick that kind of just dribbled in front of campana's feet 
Well, and it's funny because the way that I remember Campana playing, it's it seems to me he's just always at the right place at the right time. I mean, looking at the replay of this goal, you're talking That's a about good striker. Yeah, you're talking about where there's just a it's a fumble, defenders don't clear it out. Campana is literally in the best place possible to just 180 and blast right past the goalie. There was nothing else between him and the goal, just the goalie, and he just caught the right angle for it and and, and scored it right past him. So it, it was it worked out well for us. Well, again, yeah, I thought it was it was messy. I thought it was ugly, but I mean it counted, it counted. and we and we somehow ended up going into the half one one, and. I mean, at that point, I was thinking we played a bad first half, but we're tied 1-1. I mean, I think we have a serious chance. And we came out, and I felt like we were attacking and aggressive starting the second half. And then in that second half, now, a lot of people, I've seen this this uh, replay for the second goal a lot on Twitter. In the second half. But, but nobody's bringing up the fact that right before this play happened, Mabika and McVeigh both had horrible giveaways on our own half. That yeah. almost could have led. That almost could have led to a goal. But Bosuelo cleared the ball with a beautiful um, sombrero. He led the ball upfield and he started that play. That this goal, although you barely see Bosuelo in it up until the very end, that was Bosuelo from one end of the of the pitch all the way to the other. That was all Bosuelo. He gets. He got somehow got the assist on that, which I didn't think. He, he deserved the assist, but I guess since he should get credit for the rest of the, the, the work he did on that play, I guess they gave him the assist. Well, if, and if you, if you, I paid attention to some of the commentary here. They stated as the play was occurring at, well, after in the replay, they're like, you don't think that Pozuelo actually set it up on purpose or did he stumble? And they were saying it looked like he set it up on purpose. I mean, just nah. from the, just from the replay itself, it's funny because it looks like he stumbled, but then he saw, Campana kind of get right back up. So he kind of pointed at the ball like, kick it, kick it. So he, he got really lucky that Campana got right back up, man. Yeah, no, but Campana, like you said, right place, right time. But that's what a true striker does. A striker, more than finishing, is positioning. He He's always in the right position at the right time. That's what a, yeah. a true number nine is. And, and Campana is that guy. He is him. Yeah, he does, put, he does place himself in very, very – very good situations to to take advantage and, and score the goal for sure. And I'm happy to see that he got two goals coming back. That's 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 incredible. Now I will say Damian Lowe, I know outside of everything that happened with the whole racism thing, I thought he had a really poor game. The first goal I felt like was all on him, the way he kind of just lost uh, man, I forgot the kid's name that he's that, that scored, Benetanke or something like that. He yeah, completely lost awesome. him. He he got behind him, scored that goal. And then the second goal by Fuentes, taxi, was a deflection off of Lowe's foot. So, I, man, Lowe was having a really rough game, and he ended up getting basically a ball to the face, which knocked him out of the game. Yeah. And and the, the second goal, I mean, when it comes to deflection, that's kind of what – that's the chance that you're taking when it comes to scoring that goal, no? I mean, you're literally hoping to blast it get a couple deflections here and there. I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is if you're trying to strike it from back there, no? No, I think you're looking for a clean hit. Uh, but, I mean, he got lucky. Damien Lowe and Mabika both took the leg out. It's just unfortunately a hit low and it bounced right into the goal. Um, it was just bad luck, bad luck. But I think Drake had a great game because, 
I mean, I don't have any, many of his highlights, but Drake had a handful of game-saving goals that people aren't even talking about because th- this could have been really ugly if Drake Calendar isn't on his gay game. Oh, no, for sure. I, I completely agree with that, most definitely. Especially right right before the 90th minute, I want to say, there was one where this guy was coming down on a, on a on a transition play, and he, from the left side of the box, hit the ball, and it kind of like gave that curve, oh, where yeah. it, it, like it was going to go in the far post, and Drake just jumped out and barely got a fingertip, fingertips. on it. Fingertips. That just slightly just dodged, that kind of made it go off of its trajectory and barely missed the goalpost. And that goal, if that goal goes in, we're trying to tie the game after the 90th minute. He kept us tied, and obviously we know what happened afterwards. We had uh, Iguain. Well, I mean, that was a terrible pass, by the way. They, that, these, boy, that wasn't even a pass. That was a bad deflection. That was just bad luck. I mean, but but in this play, you could tell, and I'm just going to go back to it. DC makes a terrible decision in trying to blast it downfield. Gets deflected But they had by somebody. It. He just wasn't able to find the guy. I don't well, know who he was looking for, but he had somebody down there. Probably all the way down there, but it got deflected off another player. And and luckily, you know, uh, Indiana Vasilev with the effective minutes every time he comes off the bench, you know, <laughs> gets the ball and uh, kicks we're, it out we're to all you. Good with, we're all good with Indiana as long as he's coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's – and he is a surge when he comes off the bench. That's one thing that I do have to give him. But Yedlin gets, you know, the 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 pass on the outside – he sees exactly how everything's playing, kicks it down the middle, and Iguain, like a killer, just blasts it past the goalie. And 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 he literally we were saved by the Iguain also. Uh, you know, I, Cam- I don't know. I agree. I agree. Iguain obviously had to score that. Yes. But man, if it's not for that horrible pass, basically hitting the back of his teammate's leg and then bouncing in front of Indiana, then we wouldn't I mean, have had that goal. Right, right now would be out of the playoffs, and this would be a completely different tone of voice we have yes. talking about this game. And and by the way, just to uh, refresh, as far as the referee, it, I, I mistakenly stated the last game's referee. The referee for this game was Ismail Elfath. So, just wanted to correct myself on that one. Well, well, I had absolutely no idea who these people are, but I believe you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think it's good to remember referees. I like uh, there's a Spanish dude that he's really good. I got to remember his name. I think I gave I him a lot of credit I, in one of the in one of the early podcasts. I am yet to see a referee that I like. Well, the second half ended in a perfect shining for us here in Inter Miami, and awesome, awesome game, awesome, awesome, you know, result. Terrible thing that happened in the in the middle of the game. But now we move over to taking a look at the standings, right? Because we got some movement on there. And we went up, and we went up into a spot where now we're in the top seven. Yes. And it took us long enough, but we're there. And we are right behind Cincinnati and Orlando. Now, out out of the, I mean, it's basically five teams fighting for those three playoff spots. Yes. But of those five teams, we're the only one that still has two home games left. Oh, that's great. Everybody else is everybody else is on the road for two of their three games, and then Atlanta only has two games left. Yeah. So I feel like I mean, you much like I feel like 
we are pretty comfortable at home. We're one of the best home teams. And whenever yes. we play at home, I feel like we're going to win. I mean, obviously, it's no guarantee, but I feel pretty confident we're going to win. So as long as we can somehow take care of business in Toronto, which they're basically out of it already. They don't have a lot to play for. If we can take care of Vincent against Toronto, I think we, we – obviously, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth, but I feel like the chances of us making the playoffs increase drastically if we can get that W against Toronto. Well, I think definitely once we – hopefully when we get the W against Toronto, which um, if I'm not mistaken, when I was looking at the schedule, I think that Toronto ended up losing, if I'm not mistaken – I mean, maybe I could be wrong. I watched a ton of highlights. Uh, yeah, they ended up losing to Orlando 4-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, which, which sucked because we really needed them to win. Because if they would have won, we would have been tied with Orlando. Uh, you know, since he ended up just annihilating, uh, it was just a complete mollywhopping of... Uh, was it was it Cincinnati that had the mollywopping? Against uh, yes. Real, yes. Real Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake, but it wasn't a Mali and They only beat them two to one. Yeah. Okay. So then I must be thinking about another team. Um, they won. They got the three points. So it, it's tough because it would have been very, very close. It would have been four teams uh, with with forty two points. Um, yeah. I mean, Toronto's a big one. It's an away game. We don't know how the team is going to play. I mean, we can count on the home games. Uh, but when it comes to the away games, that's that's a scary situation. I mean, look, for next week coming up, obviously we have an international break right now. But when we come back, Orlando plays against NYCFC in that sandbox of Yankee Stadium. So let's say hypothetically NYCFC win that game. And then we have Cincinnati traveling all the way to Seattle to play on the road over there. Seattle, I believe, is still in the playoff, has playoff hopes. So they'll be playing for something and they're playing at home. So let's say hypothetically Orlando and Cincinnati both lose. And we manage to pull out a W against Toronto, who doesn't have anything to play for. Yeah. We'll be tied at 45 points with all of them. And I believe we'll be automatically in sixth place. And I believe the tiebreaker is wins. And at that point, we would have the same amount of wins as Orlando. So goal differential, I believe, the second tiebreaker, and they would beat us in that case. But we would move up to sixth place at least. And we would feel a lot more comfortable about our you know, our, our chances at, at clinching a spot. Well, and I'm looking forward to that because I mean, we're, we're finally getting into the nitty gritty. It's the last three games of the season. There's two more games for a couple of the bottom feeders. Um, well, and let's say what I said comes to fruition and Orlando loses to NYCFC and we beat Toronto. The game that, that game against Orlando at home, is going to be for the fifth seed if that were to happen. Yeah, most definitely. So that would be an awesome outcome. But I felt like we, it, since we're talking so much playoffs, I felt like it's necessary to bring this up. Ugh. The playoffs are so close we could taste them. Yeah. We could taste them. Just like this beer. But there's no guarantee we're going to get in. So – because like I feel like in the beginning of the season, with all the sanctions and the lack of DPs and all that other stuff, people would say, okay, if we get to the last one or two games with the playoffs as an as a possibility, that's a successful season. But now that things are played out the way they are, 
or they have. And we're there. We feel like we almost control our own destiny. If we don't make it, do you think this is a bust of a season? Or are we still happy with the outcome? Look, earlier in earlier in the season, maybe like what, five, six games ago, I think we had the same conversation, right? Yes, yes. That was like a month or so ago, yes. Yeah, where we we said the same thing. Is this is this season predicated uh is this season's success predicated on us making the playoffs or not? And and back then I said, I don't think so. I think that we've made a drastic improvement to where we were last year. Uh and I still have to stick to my guns on that. I mean, obviously, it'd be great to make the playoffs. And it's obvious that if we do make the playoffs, it would be instantaneously uh, an improvement from where we were last year. I mean, that's just obvious. But even if we don't make the playoffs, which I'm pretty sure we will, but even if we don't, this is still a really good promising final to point of the season no danny i mean look you're shaking your head there so that's no. it it's playoff or bust we gotta go Think, oh, things go. have changed things have changed yesterday's price isn't today's price nah, okay i like that i like that uh, thing okay yeah yeah so because things have unfolded the way they have because we now have posuelo as the puppet master and we have Iguain and campana in front of him because we now control our own destiny because we have two home games out of our three last games, and we're the only team in the playoff race that still has two home games left. If we don't make the playoffs, it's a bust. We need to make the playoffs. With the way things have ended up laying out for us, we were really upset that the Orlando game got rescheduled at first. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah. kind of worked out in our favor now. We yeah, wouldn't have yeah. had Campana back then. Yeah. We have Campana now. We wouldn't be ending the season with two home games. We're ending the season with two home games now. Yeah, and, and we I need actually, to make the playoffs. I actually, it's funny on one of the podcasts I mentioned that it, I guess it might be a good thing that we're adding this towards the tail end of the season, and and now we're gonna see the fruits of our labor, see how tasty they are, uh, if the juice was worth the squeeze. Now we're not gonna preview the Toronto game because it's still but like almost two weeks away, unfortunately. About a week and a half. But, yep. But just to get a little ahead of ourselves, starting eleven. Do you want to see anything different coming up in the next three games? On the starting 11, I'd still love to see Campana and Higuain. It's like he said. It's like Phil Neville said. Get all the goals on the field, right? Mm -hmm. um, I really love Duke starting back again uh, with Bosuelo. Um, I mean, other than McVeigh, McVeigh would be the only one that I'd maybe want to see off the field, maybe, or, M or Mabika. Uh, those are the only two pieces I would probably move around. I don't know. I mean, I think other than that, that starting 11 to me was exactly what it should have been and what it should be going forward. I think that's our playoff starting 11. I think the next three games to me are playoff games. I've been saying that for the last week or two. We have entered the playoffs. Every game is a playoff game to me now. And yeah, I feel like games. we found our... Yes, and we've we've we found our starting eleven. Now I agree. I'm not. I've, I've always said I'm not a big fan of McVeigh out on the left back. I like him at center back. I would love to see Loa McVeigh out at center back, and then Noah Allen at left back. I think that that's a pipe dream at this point. I, I don't it think is. that they're going to put him in at this point with with his lack of experience up on the MLS. I don't think they're going to put him in. So I guess we're going to have to deal with McVeigh out on left back for the rest of the season. Uh, but I would like to see Sailor and Low instead of Mabika and Low. 
but other than that, I felt like the starting 11 is perfect. Robert Taylor coming in to sub out Bryce Duke, I think is great because you have one playmaker for another. Lasseter yeah. coming in to sub off maybe whether it be Campana or Iguain to get speed up on the wings at some point. That, that I'm fine with that also. I feel yeah. like Neville has finally hit his stride with what he wants. And now with this stretch run here, this last three games, I think we're, we're set up. We're set up to make the playoffs because it is now playoffs or bust. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's playoffs. Pedal to the metal, baby. Let's go. This uh, is but it. You're okay, but you're okay with losing the last three games and not making the playoffs. Well, I'm not okay with losing the last three games. That would be That's terrible. what it sounds like. It sounds like you were just like, yeah, that's it. We got close. If all the chips fall against us and we don't make the playoffs, I mean, what if we win the last two games and we're still not in the playoffs? If we win the last two games, we're in the playoffs. I mean, I guess. We got to see how the how the chips fall. We have, okay, we have to choke. We have to – the way things have ended up, we have to choke in order not to make the playoffs. Well, it's a good thing we have two home games then. So yeah. we better see <laughs> all of La Familia out there, all of oh, you guys. You know, we, you know we will. They, they, they were out there at 1 in the morning ch- chanting. Come on now. Yes. La Familia yeah. stays strong. That's right. I, I can't wait for I, it. And to, and especially for Toronto, I'm looking forward to that game. Oh no, and I'm waiting for that Orlando game, and I'll be out there with my new Saved by the Campana shirt. Oh, that's so beautiful. We're, we're gonna be ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for All it. Right, you too, got, Papa. you got anything else for the people? Be there or be square, Orlando. Oh. I don't care if it's a weekday game. Be there. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Let's let's be Toronto first before we start talking Orlando. All right. <laughs> All right, I'll get a hold of myself.